America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Bill Gates' advice on how to combat mistrust in science at 60minutesovertime.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Wasn't actually going to be able to get to a show today for numerous reasons, but there was one topic I felt I really wanted to pluck out and make sure everybody saw. Not that there's any shortage of information today. There's a lot that I could cover, but many reasons why I want to keep this focused today. In fact, I was ready to go at four o'clock, but I had some issues that I want to shout out first in regard to the YouTube pirate streams. Only issues because of how successful we've been with the YouTube pirate streams and pirate streaming in general that James Corbett and his platform are now beginning to use. And I'm actually pretty happy to find out that uh, Grand Theft World is now also using pirate streams. I'm really proud to have coined this concept because I think this is truly going to change the field in how censorship works if we can get enough people in uh, utilizing the tactic. Now, the reason I had an issue today was because, I mean, it's I'm actually blown away how many channels we've had censored, not just strike, but but deleted since we started doing this. I've lost count, but I had a lot of channels backed up that people sent to me in 2021. I mean, that's how many we've gotten people reaching out. And even in 2022, that I've now gotten to the point to where we've gone through the ones, three strikes on each one over and over and over to where I needed to reach out to some of the older ones today thinking I had them lined up, but people that weren't ready to respond that changed their password because it's been so long. So I'm realizing that I haven't been keeping up on this the way I should have been, even though I do have some more in the, in the, in the, the, what's the word off to the side. And I do have a couple that I just got set up today that you, you know, it takes 24 hours to start. So I'll be using those tomorrow. Thank you to uh, Biscotti in the chat and Grand Theft World in general. You'll see their icon on here. I left it on on purpose uh, on the, on the channel for letting us use this today. So this is one that they were given the Hunter S Thompson channel that, that now I'm using today. I just, I just I don't know. I love that. I absolutely love that that's happening because it, I mean, it, I mean, imagine what YouTube thinks of that. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's hilarious, but I'm putting out another call to everybody out there that is in, that wants to be involved in this, that did want to, knowing their channels could get deleted, knowing this could have repercussions on Google products they use. I, you need to understand that there it's the full possibilities of how this can affect what you are using. But if you don't care about any of that, you want to continue to help T-Lab or Grand Theft World or James Corbett continue to push back against YouTube censorship, reach out to me, Ryan at the last American Vagabond.com. Send me your tag it with T-Lab pirate streams and include your Login, email, and login password. Now, that used to be, I mean, it still is for the most part, taboo. But that's why I open this door to people that want to be involved, knowing the reper potential repercussions, because I do think we're changing things with this. So anybody out there, please reach out, send me that information. I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can, and we'll at least get the, the security checks out of the way and so on. Because I'm going to need more because we're not going to slow down. We're, in fact, going to get absolutely, we're going to pick up speed here. So on that note, thank you, Grand Theft World. Thank you for everybody else who's been involved with the T-Lab Pirate streams thus far, as well as just a quick side note, thank you to everybody out there. I don't say this enough. Everybody who continue to send in words of encouragement, send in your do donations from small to large to whatever, or send me baked goods or send me t-shirts or send me stickers, whatever. 
every single thing that comes through I see and every single thing that comes through, we take a moment to appreciate. And as most of you know, we hand write letters back to every single person that sends something out to us, which takes a lot of time. But it's how much it means to us to take the time to not type it or have things preset. We write these things back to you. And it means a lot to us. So thank you to everybody out there, especially those of you out there that haven't gotten something, you know, holding up the thing you sent me or say, it's just, there's, it's so much going on. But on that note, let's get into the main topic of today, which is really unnerving. Something you've seen coming, something we've talked about before, which is the fact, and this is like credit to, uh, to RFK Jr. and Jordan Peterson's daughter who had this podcast where this at least first was placed out there for everyone to discuss. And I'll show you the clip where RFK Jr. is letting you know that once they give, and this is what happened Act of 1986, the indemnity given to all these shots, that once they approve these shots, and I, and as I argue, take this next step on voting to add it to the childhood schedule, which is also what he says, those things together create the, the indemnity the, the lack of liability for the vaccination companies in, or injection pharmaceutical companies in regard to what they're currently using and anything else for that matter. But this is specifically in regard to the COVID-19 injection and how the fact that the CDC is about to vote tomorrow, even though it doesn't seem anybody really knows about that, on whether or not they add this to the childhood vaccine schedule. So taken in conjunction with the fact that they pretend they've approved these or they have, but they just haven't given them out, and then adding this to the childhood schedule will solidify going forward that they are not legally accountable for what has happened that's how i see this playing out so please make sure you share this with people and let's all laugh at the person saying pirate streams are a waste of time in the chat bro thanks bro don't bro me bro come on now let's get started in regard to this important conversation before we do that i wanted to make sure we shout out the shows that i had today that uh one of the reasons why i was uh not b- building another show is because I had a couple of interesting shows to be on today. And this one was AM wake up T lab Tuesdays. Make sure you're always checking us out on AM wake up on Tuesdays as well as the rest of the week. Cause they're doing great work over there. And then I had a really great conversation today with Allison Morrow in regard to the new social media. I think it's called the council on, on uh, what was it called? Now I'm blanking on the name, the council on, on responsible social media, uh, which is just absolutely crazy because it's exactly what you might think. We had a great discussion about this on exposing what it really is. And it's just important. Now, starting with this tweet, this, that I think was interesting. Now this is, and you know, and, and there's plenty of reasons to be skeptical of the intentions behind somebody like Maholtra or Dr. Drew or these larger people that have suddenly come into the conversation, right? But, Nonetheless, it's still important, sort of like the conversation of discussing, you know, whether you're questioning whether viruses are real or not, or whether this has really been isolating the whole thing. It's still important to have that conversation from within their narrative to show you that even even if what they're saying is true, it's still able you're still able to show that they're lying to you. Right. That's the important thing to realize. Then you broaden it out to realize that, well, also you can show that they haven't proven to have isolated this. And also, you know, that that's the important way to go about it. Not to say don't talk about that topic because this hasn't been isolated. You're missing something in there. Right. We need to show how even their narrative is contradicting itself. That's how you can reach the people that are lost, not just high five each other about knowing what's going on when nobody else does that. That's the important reality. Now, this is from Toby Young. From dailyskeptic.org. Renowned cardiologist Dr. Asim Ohultra has said the risk of the mRNA vaccines, the injections, is so high that until proven otherwise, it is likely they, quote, played a significant role in all unexplained heart attacks since 2021. I reshared this and said, and into 2022. That's the important part that the, that's continuing. It's not some one little caveat problem. But what he's telling you there is important because he was moments ago saying the exact opposite. And he's not saying, Oh, well, it has some use for 50s to 25, which plenty of even independents on YouTube are still doing because their YouTube handlers are telling them they have to say that. The point is that's not true. And that's what we're talking about, not soft peddling this anymore, not self-censoring for other reasons. The truth is that these are dangerous for everybody all the way across the board. And that's what even people like he are beginning to see. And what it says is until proven otherwise, it is likely COVID mRNA vaccines played a significant role in the heart attack issue. That's the collapsing athletes. That's every Jay Wilderness out there. Good sciencing. Everybody should be going. I told you so, because they have been pointing this out. Not that we could prove it's all or nothing, but that it was a valid point to make. That it was obviously concerning. And this is the reality of these mRNA injections that are they are about to vote to add to the, the annual childhood vaccination schedule. 
That's the that's the crazy part about this, that they're going to put this on the schedule for children. That means they have to be able to have to have this to be able to do basic things. So this is essentially a child mandate forever if they do this. And then you can't have any kind of lawsuit against them for any of the stuff that we're now proving they knew about and covered up. It's very, very disconcerting. Now, here is the first place I saw this Pearson Sharp from from One American News. Simply just tweeted it out. CDC committee is quietly meeting this week. And it is definitely quiet because I had no, I, I followed this stuff and I did not see this. I'm only seeing this through certain people like this person, like Jordan Sachtel, which I'll show you in a moment, who are also paying attention acutely to this topic. But you understand a lot of us are trying to foreign policy. And the problem is that this is not, prob- if, knowing how important this is, this should be a huge discussion. Corporate media, but they're not. At, they're meeting quietly to discuss adding the COVID-19 vaccine in quotes to the annual childhood immunization schedule and which not, and this is one of the voting points, but this is what this would do giving Pfizer and Moderna permanent legal immunity from any injuries caused by their injections. That's the important thing to realize. And this is the truth. And I'll go through this. Here is the ACIP meeting information. Now this, this is just where you, I want to just include this so you can know where to look in the future. Here's where you're going to have all the meetings. September 1st is the last one up there, but you can go under meetings and minutes and agendas, and that's where you'll find the the October 19th one, which is tomorrow. It's the 19th and the 20th. Here's the actual uh, PDF download. First, where you can show what it says. You can see October 19th, the 20th, meeting of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. That's the ACIP. And it has a few of these things in here. Pneumonia vaccines. Which is interesting overlap, seeing as how it doesn't matter. Pneumonia and flu vanish when they have something else they want you to talk about. And this likewise, likewise with flu, pneumonia vanishes when flu wants to be focused on. You know, it's weird how that works. But under COVID-19 vaccines, it very clearly points out. Well, first of all, here's what's interesting. I, this is a dip, talk for another day. COVID-19 and pregnant people. <laughs> you mean the ones that you're currently, the thing you're doing right now? Let's, let's discuss and vote on the thing that we're forcing pregnant women to do now. The reality is they don't know if that's safe. And I continue to show you that. Well, since I'm mentioning it, I might as well bring it up. I had this one here. Somewhere in here. Or I did. That's frustrating. Hold on. I know I had that. I've got other tabs. Oh, there it is. Other tabs in here that I'm going to include for other shows. Oh, crap. Okay. Hold on. Is it in this one? I don't want to take too much time to find it. Well, it's the pregnant, the tweet I put out in the same regard about the pregnant overlap. This is the, the flu shot alongside the COVID jab, which also is that they don't know if that's safe. Let's do this. Do the same thing we did the other day. Because this is kind of a one-stop shop for people. If they want this, it's all, like all the links, all the information. Pregnancy, maybe? over the word pregnant okay and that there oh didn't pop up oh maybe it's pregnant there it is bingo okay sorry for the delay it's worth grabbing real quick people always want to be able to see the how to do that anyway so here is the other part as they're talking about COVID-19 and pregnant people the reality here is that we know that they don't know if that's safe. And it listed very clearly right here. The safety profile is not fully known in people that are breastfeeding or, or pregnant. And yet they still push that on people today, which again is the point of the other images here where you can see that it's safe for pregnant people. How can the CDC state that when they don't know? That's the crazy world that we're in right now. And that's also why they're discussing this in their meeting. This wouldn't be discussed if it was safe, right? If it was safe and we know it's safe, it wouldn't be a talking point. Okay, I digress. Going forward, the point then goes to COVID vaccine. Oh, same thing. Safety in pregnant people. Same point. But understand, these are votes they're having in general. It's amazing. Infants under six years old. (laughs) Just unbelievable. But the main point, COVID-19 vaccines in children. Now, it doesn't list it off there, but it does in the future, in the other documentation that they have. Now, this is under the regulations.gov, where it very clearly lists, same point, October 2022 ACIP meeting. Just so we're clear, it's exactly what we're talking about. And matters to be considered. And it lists off the same things we we're just looking at. New, you know, pneumonia vaccines and so on. But it says recommendation votes on the pneumococcal pneumonia, adult immunization schedule, child adolescent immunization schedule, and COVID-19 vaccines are scheduled. A vaccine for children vote on COVID-19 vaccine is scheduled. 
That's the main point right there. So there's no denying this. They are voting tomorrow whether or not to include COVID-19 injections, which are wildly un... Look, they're dangerous. But even on the corporate media conversation, they're still up in the air. They're still being fleshed out. They're not perfectly... You know, they're, the efficacy is going up and down. We're trying to work on a better one. And they're voting to add this to the yearly schedule. Pretty amazing. Now, it says interested persons or organizations are invited to participate by submitting written views, as always, right? Because they care what you think, don't they? Oh, sorry. Someone's laughing at me. I, that was not intentional. Pregnant people. I don't even, if I said that, I don't even know why that, you know my opinions on the whole thing. Women can be, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> just, just a slip of the tongue. But it goes on to, it basically points out that they want your engagement. Tell us what you think. Just like the WHO said, send in your documentation and we'll talk about it as long as it's appropriate, right? Well, same thing here. Please note that comments received, including attachments and other supporting materials, are part of the public record and are subject to public disclosure. So like, don't do anything weird because it's always on the record kind of a thing. Like the whole scam that we're told when we're kids about your permanent record. Comments will be posted on the regulations.gov. Therefore, do not include any information in your comments or supporting materials that you consider confidential or inappropriate for public disclosure. I mean, if you don't know what that means, that means that if you include something that they consider inappropriate, that they won't put it out there. The CDC will review all submissions and may choose to redact or withhold submissions containing inappropriate language. So like curse words? No, come on. You know what this is. This is you going, what about this big elephant in the room? What about this peer-reviewed study that says what you're not going to talk about? Oh, that's inappropriate. That's my opinion, but you could tell me what you think. I think it's pretty obvious that this is an easy way to disregard anything that doesn't align with what they want the normies to see when they have this conversation and then give you the illusion of accountability and transparency. Of course, because we had our public session for 10 seconds and we didn't talk about and didn't show everything. Always like this. Always. But this is happening. Now here, I want to just, this is just the first place I saw. I'm not even familiar with this website, but as always, credit where it's due. This is the first website that passed my view that I saw this on. CDC to vote on adding COVID-19 vaccine to annual childhood immunization schedule. Chicks on the right, apparently is what it's called. I've never heard of it. But here is <clears throat> the video that's right to play here. Where this is, uh, and this is, I don't know if this has the full clip on it. I didn't play this all the way through, but I've got the tweet clip that I have from before. But let's take a listen to this. This is RFK Jr., same video I was just referencing, telling you exactly the problem here and why this is so alarming. Under the Vaccine Act, you cannot sue a vaccine company for an injury, no matter how negligent they were, no matter how reckless they were, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue them. The only exception to that is if they knew of an injury that it's caused by their vaccine and they failed to list it on their manufacturer's insert. All vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get it liability protection even if an adult gets that vaccine that's why they're going after kids my god i mean it's it's just i mean it doesn't you, you can disagree with that's why they're going after kids but you can't deny that's reality right you can't deny what that what that is show that's the truth here's kate showing this tw this tweet this is the one i believe i i've uh, played before probably an overlap but i'll play this real quick just so it's the uh, one that i played on previous shows as she says, CDC is trying to quietly include a vote to add. And, and I mean, you could, you, know, you could argue that this is kind of surreptitious. I do agree. This should be a gigantic decision that everyone's involved in. Yet it is quiet. And it is kind of snuck into a large agenda that is about a bunch of different things. Pneumonia vaccines. You know, this is, in my opinion, an effort to make sure this doesn't get noticed. Which probably hurt them in the long run. Because more people are going to think it's surreptitious. That just tends to be the reality today. You're, then that's when you get the media discussion that comes out and goes, you're hurting public trust by pretending that we're being disciplined. No, you're hurting public trust by lying, cheating, and stealing and breaking the law. So it's not like we're accidentally doing right by you by doing something a little bit dishonest. They are breaking the law to achieve their agenda, and it's dishonest. So they're damn right they're losing trust because they don't deserve it. CDC is trying to quietly include a vote to add the mRNA COVID-19 injection to the annual child immunization schedule. It's supposed to take place tomorrow, essentially. Here's the clip. They're never going to market a vaccine, allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PrEP Act and under the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, 
Now you can sue them unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection. Man. I mean, it's as simple as that. Again, you can disagree with why he thinks it's happening, but that is the end result of what's happening. And if you're paying attention even remotely, I mean, even just take it from a position, if you think, let's just say you think we're wrong about all of this, that it's not as dangerous as we think. How can you not acknowledge the change of the narrative that at one moments ago and not even, I mean, bottom line is they were saying myocarditis was a fake news story. Now they're admitting it's happening before they were saying Bell's policy was a fake news story. Now they're admitting it's happening before they were saying blood clots were a fake news story. Now they're admitting it's happening. How many is this? How many times does this need to happen? All of them apparently before people, even then, right? Oh my God. COVID is causing transverse myelitis. Except you can't prove that because all you can say is that it happened afterward. But guess what? I can show you 17 peer-reviewed studies that all suggest that that transverse myelitis is potentially happening due to the injection. You're not seeing any studies that go, we think this is happening because of COVID. They're just assuming that. So those are people that are ignoring the scientific research while screaming trust the science and just pointing at a correlation. Not even a correlation. I mean, I guess it's a weak correlation. It's the same thing as saying, well, the sun came out after I got my injection. Therefore, the injection caused the sun to rise. It's stupid. Certainly possible, I guess, if you want to pretend to be. I mean, the end of the day, there's an endless amount of information that shows that at the very least, they were wrong about what they first said. But then you start to realize, wait a minute, how can they be wrong about stuff that we can prove was in front of them when they said this wasn't true? Aha, they lied to you. They lied about what they saw and didn't want you to see. Israel is on the record for crying out loud saying we need to cover this up or we're going to be sued. And they still don't want to pretend they still want to pretend it's not happening. Here is the dossier. This is from Jordan Satchtel. The CDC will vote Thursday. Well, technically, I guess it is. It's a combination. So it's tomorrow and Thursday, 18 to the 20th or 19 to the 20th. So I don't know whether they're going to vote both days or vote in the end, probably at the end. So he's probably right. Thursday to permanently shield Pfizer and Moderna from COVID vaccine injury liability. Now, the voting process and the information process starts tomorrow. A CDC committee will convene this week, tomorrow, and likely vote Thursday to deliver permanent legal indemnity to Pfizer and Moderna, which is what that will translate to, even if they don't write that down, through the process of adding a drug company's mRNA injections to the child and adolescent immunization schedule. Now, this means, as RFK pointed out, that even if you're an adult and get hurt by this, you still cannot sue this company. How does that even line up? They, because it goes on a child immunization schedule, they get across the board indemnity, which, by the way, is exactly what they currently have. But the only difference is they can pretend like now it's approved and now it's, it's a general everyday thing. Like the difference now is they're still, even though they pretend like it's all safe and effective and it's just like every other thing, they know that's not true. And that's why they're waiting for the next step, because the emergency use authorization is not what they claim it is. And it takes 10 seconds of research to realize that it means that they operate with not all the information, yet they tell you it's safe and effective. These things don't add up. This is why people are beginning to see through the agenda. By adding the shots to the childhood schedule, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices will transfer liability for vaccine injuries to the federal government's National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which is an utter joke, allowing for Pfizer Moderna to finally bring an FDA-approved shot to the market without opening itself to lawsuits. Now, the right way to frame that is now they'll be allowed to actually put those out into the world. Ask yourself why they hyped the idea of the approved thing and then quietly went away from talking about that. What happened to community? We're not even talking about that anymore, right? Isn't that strange? I thought that was the end-all, be-all game. Approval! We're done, right? That means it's good to go. But wait, we just went to the next one, to the next version. We just jumped ahead. All of them, despite the fact that Spike Facts and Comirnaty are allegedly ready to go. Anybody else confused about what they're waiting for? I mean, it's as blatantly obvious as possible. Once this gets approved, then suddenly those things will be distributed. And then there you go. That's obviously what's happening. But be, until they get that, they need to put out the legally distinct emergency use authorization version so they can have indemnity every time for those ones and the approval ones. But they don't get the approval ones until they get the childhood vaccine schedule added i mean you just can't confuse it's not 
you can't quibble about how obvious this is. You can argue that they do that because they believe it's the right thing to do. I don't even know how you could make that argument, but you cannot debate whether this is what they want. It's obvious. That's why they're discussing it. That's why they're putting it out there. And in the past, they've lobbied for this. So it's obvious they know, just like they did before COVID-19 injections went out. In March 2020, the federal government invoked the PrEP Act, which gave Pfizer and Moderna a tort liability shield due to the declared, quote, public health emergency, which now we now know is based on manipulations, lies from Neil Ferguson and Imperial College of London and the relative risk reduction versus absolute risk reduction and the idea of all the projections and all the undefined problems. And right, all of that was why we claim we're in an emergency, which it never really was. And they just kind of pretend that Delta changed everything. It was, it's always been less than the flu. It's always been less dangerous than they said. And everything shows you that. They wouldn't have had to lie about flu and pneumonia combined if it was as dangerous as they said. They wouldn't have had to use hospitals and combine people and the elderly and the nursing homes. They wouldn't have needed any of this if it was as dangerous as they said. But it says which the government is reportedly going to revoke the whole public emergency, they claim, in early 2023. Now, why would they do that? And why would they tell you it was happening in 2023? unless they knew that something was going to change. Just a question to ask, and I think this is what that is, right? We're right on the cusp of it. But if they end it in early 2023, it's because they don't need the public emergency anymore to justify the emergency use authorization shots because they have the approval ones. But all they need to do is declare the next emergency and it all goes back over again. Simple as that. And it's already happening. The company's emergency use authorization shots have been protected by the federal government through the 2005 congressional action. Now, it says the dossier, this website, this substack, has reported extensively on the coordinated effort by Big Pharma and the Biden administration to delay the rollout of an FDA-approved COVID vaccine, with legal experts suspecting the process is in place to protect Pfizer and Moderna from legal liability from the vaccine injuries. To catch up to speed in detail on these the emergency use authorization versus FDA approval situation, read the links below, and he has a couple different articles. But, this, I mean, how do you dispute that? I mean, they're the ones screaming that they need FDA approval. But then the moment that it becomes possible, but let's not, let's not, let's be clear. They've already done this. What they're dragging their feet on is using it. Because you can approve things all you want, because we know how rubber stamped and broken this whole thing is. But the moment it gets used, well, that's when things matter, whether there's indemnity or not, right? So they're, as you can say, they've covered and read the articles about a coordinated effort between the government and Big Pharma to delay the use of the things they just said were going to save your life. And instead, give you the thing that's only emergency authorized, which by definition means they have don't have the full body of information. I mean, this is just crazy. One described as the cure, once described as the cure to the coronavirus, the novel mRNA shots have resulted in catastrophic failure with a side effect profile exponentially higher than advertised and exponentially higher than just about anything I've ever seen in my lifetime. In fact, exponentially higher than the thing they previously called the most dangerous vaccine in history, the smallpox vaccine. You know how much higher it is than that? Mind-blowing <laughs> and than anything ever. You don't have 90% of all the reports ever in theirs over this one, two, three-year period over all the last decade it's been used, unless this thing is absolutely the most dangerous thing that's ever been used or at least been cataloged. Thanks to a fraudulent deceptive marketing campaign assisted by the top federal officials and high-profile pharmaceutical executives, the drug makers and the federal government convinced millions of Americans to take shots that were much more dangerous, especially for young men. Well, that's the state. I don't know if that's... I think it's pretty much ubiquitously dangerous for everybody and less and much less effective than advertised. I simply argue the people at most risk are the people that have underlying problems, which to me wouldn't suggest young men, but that's just my personal perception of the data I've seen. I know what we hear is that it's young men, 18 to 39, but they said that about the myocarditis risk. And I've seen peer reviewed science that shows you that's not accurate. So, you know, again, just because it's science doesn't mean that it's the truth, right? We have to take it into consideration. People have influences and so on. But the bottom line is, my, I, it, whether it's especially for young men or not, it's dangerous for everybody. That's what I want people to see. And of course, he shares the point where they say 100% effective in preventing COVID. Yeah, they did say that. Both Albert, Borla, and different people in Pfizer and Moderna, they very clearly insinuated that it does stop transmission over and over, despite their documentation. Yes, always making it clear that they did not do that. The documentation, the studies which I showed you in 2020 and again in 2021 and numerous times over that. So the issue is not that they just now admitted that, which is the partisan representation of that, is that, but that they have been lying to you the whole time. 
while it has been publicly available. And that's the truth. The government, Fauci, the companies themselves, they're all guilty for lying to you at the very least of aggressively insinuating that transmission was being stopped. But I've already shown you numerous examples of Borla himself stating that, at least two, 100%, he says. Over the course of COVID mania, Pfizer and Moderna have raked in hundreds of billions of dollars in liability-free dollars, enriching their executives and board members beyond their wildest dreams. Thanks to Big Pharma's successful regulatory capture of government health and, go- and corporate bureaucrats' willing compliance, it looks like the mRNA drug cartel will be completely off the hook when it comes to compensating the countless Americans who were harmed by their junk products. Sad. If this comes to pass, and sadly, I think it will, regardless of what we do, it's just them meeting tomorrow and deciding amongst themselves. So I think this is a foregone conclusion. But hopefully the reality is that we can prove that these people knew this was a lie at the time. And I'm not sure how legally that affects the indemnity that will happen. I mean, if they knowingly enter into this, knowing that we we can prove that they were aware before, I'm not sure. The lawyers will have to get involved here. The sad thing is this seems to have already, this seems to be happening. But here is another example, by the way. That Dr. Eli David points out that this this is him saying exactly what we keep being continue to tell us he didn't say. And another example that it, they claim it stops transmission. The efficacy actually in our free dose vaccine in children was eighty percent. Was eighty percent? Just so we're clear, they're saying that that's what they saw in the trials and so on. Somebody else is picking that out in the in the chat. That's not the important part. It's not the important part, whether we're talking about what it was before or what it is now, because no matter when this is being stated, what he says next, it's still the same lie, whether it was right in the beginning or way after the fact, because that's the point that they claimed it stopped transmission. But we know as a matter of fact, since they just finally admitted it is how they're framing it, that they never did try. So if at any point these people, which we know they did, were saying that it stopped transmission, they knew they were lying because their own study never even tried to find that out. And I, I, I've proven that's because they knew that it wouldn't, or maybe they didn't want it to. That's another way to frame that. Talking about efficiency to prevent uh, those uh, vaccine in children was 80%. You're talking about efficiency to prevent a severe disease or to prevent infection? To prevent infection. Right there. Right there. That's a lie. That is what they're now claiming they never said, right? That prevent infection is transmission. Severe disease is what they claim this does, but not that. But the, here's the, that's the other point that Dr. Peter McCullough points out. I pointed out myself. They don't know that either. They don't. They tested for mild to moderate symptoms, not hospitalization, not death. So when they keep saying that it reduces severe symptoms, they're lying to you. But big surprise, they're lying about everything else too. But there's another example of them claiming a stop transmission. Just it's just wild how obvious this is. But here is. Another article from Epic Times discussing the same point as they're as they're right now, tomorrow, going to vote to do this, which I mean, are we let's just go ahead and say my opinion is that they're going to 100 percent vote this forward without any problems, despite people like I mean, despite any number of experts out there, even included like Paul Offit in these in these voting processes that don't think this is safe, that they're going to vote this for children. That's even though this stuff is out there. This is a new study. It's, this is a preprint, but there's plenty before this that I'll show you after that that also say the same thing. Moderna COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness turns negative within months. Now, this is like the third or fourth time science has shown you that this is the case. And these are coming from Moderna-funded studies. So before you scream, it's not peer-reviewed, which is what they will show you happily on corporate media all the time when it aligns with what they want. It's not peer-reviewed. Consider that in your conversation. But this is Moderna-funded and driven studies. taken on. This is on top of the other peer-reviewed science that also finds the same thing. That says against more recent strains, including the current dominant BA5, the one they're all telling you this is what, this, you know, this is the one to use. The effectiveness turned negative, even against the new ones. So you know, it doesn't matter whether you're claiming it's the, oh, it's the new one bivalent. Well, okay, the, the new bivalent simply took the, the stuff from the older ones and translated it, the BA1. So if it's not working, it's not going to work. I don't understand why people think this has different and a different effect. Like the point being, if you made the first thing you claim is aimed at BA1 or whatever isolate you're talking about and it didn't work, why then would you make a new thing in the same way aimed at the new variant? Is it supposed to work? I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's trying the same thing over and over expecting a different result is insanity, or at least the one, the definition we like to use. The point is that it's not working and it wasn't before and it's not now. The, <clears throat> against the BA2, BA4, and BA5, the effectiveness went negative after 150 days. Against BA1, 
one, two, one, or whatever these are, the effectiveness turned negative after 91 days. Negative effectiveness means that an injected person is more likely to contract COVID-19 or whatever we're talking about, the disease that the, then basically you're more likely to get sick than people that got the shot or the other way around. The people that take the shot are more likely to get sick than the people that didn't, right? You're taking the shot and it's creating negative efficacy. Now, in regard to the thing we're supposed to fight against, for sure, but to realize that it's just in general, especially in the first week, that you have an increased risk of general infection. You're taking something that increases your risk of getting sick in general and then also increases your risk of getting the very thing you're supposed to not get. On top of that, has lots of negative side effects like blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, Bell's palsy, but no big deal. Totally safe and effective, right? Sure sounds like it. Researchers with Moderna and Kaiser Permanente, which carried out the study, also found that people who received three Moderna doses were more likely to become infected when compared to people who received just two. But don't worry, the fourth one does the trick, though. How many times have we seen this game? Moderna, of course, didn't respond for comment. It says, quote, as a result, a higher risk among vaccine individuals might be observed for a limited period of time. Yeah. Oops. The CDC continued to recommend vaccination for virtually every person aged six months or older. Just using the this app because it won't let you see it otherwise. Here is the study. This is from October 1st. Effectiveness of mRNA-1273. Right? Remember, this is the same thing that they got the genetic code from, and two days later, we're making a shot. Whether or not you think it was isolated, apparently it doesn't matter to them, right? And COVID-19 hospitalization with SARS-CoV-2, Omicron subvariants, and it lists them all off. Okay, so what it says is mRNA-1273 vaccine effectiveness is what we're talking about against BA2, BA2, uh, BA2121, and BA4 and BA5 was initially moderate to high and waned rapidly. Oh, so the same old thing then. A four-dose vaccine effectiveness, four, my God, against infection with all these different things was low. Oh, I guess everything but the BA. So BA2 and four and five, 64 to 75, and was low against BA5, or excuse me, I said that funny. So vaccine effectiveness against the BA2s and four and, and just four was apparently 64 to 75, and was low against BA5, 14 to 30 days post a fourth dose, disappearing beyond 90 days for all subvariants. Evaluation of the updated bivalent booster is warranted. Now, the one thing that they tend to ignore in this is that it goes, this is the same thing I'll show you in the next one, negative. When you, when you actually get into the data that we're discussing, right? That green line is in there, but you can see the, the days we're talking about. And you can see, oh, sorry, that's in the way a little bit. But you can see the numbers and you can see the efficacy, right? It's the same exact thing we've been seeing the entire time. This does not mean that it's that your vaccine or injection is not working. It means that your immune system is collapsing. And it's just like what we saw before from December 22nd, 2021. And there's a third one there that I just don't have. didn't pull up. It's the same difference that they came out with afterward, acting like this was an anomaly, but they found the same thing. This is Pfizer and Moderna. And the main point was the same. I'll just show you the graph. Same thing I've shown you many times, that this is Omicron even. And it, negative 76% after three months. Moderna was a 40%. And now, again, their new study is finding the same thing. Should have just left that up. Their new study is finding exactly the same. Well, I, I showed you the article from Epic Times. So if you're creating negative efficacy and all you're doing is taking the same directed shot, the BA1, and just trend and just adding new things to it, and but yet keeping the same spike for the for the original thing we still we claim. I don't know how they know that, and then adding the new spikes, and you got extra ingredients on top of this, and the same broken problems, the same broken technology. I would argue, or at least maybe intentionally so, with mRNA, with lipid nanoparticles, and everything else we just talked about, delivering the spike protein that circulates your bloodstream, that continues to be made, that continues all the same risks. I don't know why that's not discussed, but just tailored for something different, and then it increases negative efficacy across the board. Now, again, the bivalent is what they are saying is different. There's no evidence to that effect. In fact, we know they're claiming, I don't even know how they can claim that when they haven't even studied it. This is alarming stuff that they're just ignoring while moments away from voting this in for children. Now, on top of all of that, here's the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, 
who's basically insinuating that the flu vaccine is going in the same direction. And I've been seeing this coming. I simply argue this is going to be the next, like, for instance, why wouldn't they just go, oh, we'll just add the, uh, the flu protein into this shot too, and you can just take them all at the same time. Well, guess what? That's exactly what they're going to be doing. That's what they already said is the future, the universal injection for everything, but maybe just first the universal COVID vaccine and the universal flu vaccine, but then it's the same concept. This is where this is always meant to go. And I've shown you this in the very beginning of the conversation. This is what their wet dream was. Fauci, all the rest of them. Gottlieb, everyone has spoken up at different times and said, this is what we need. The universal vaccine for everything. Even Fauci has said this in the past. So when they're insinuating the flu vaccine now is just as important, I guess, because of the other thing, which it doesn't even really matter. We need to see how this is going to be used against us. Now, here's Justin Trudeau telling you the same thing. This is coming. I argue they're going to either mandate this like they have in the past or just argue that it's because we didn't do something that this became a problem. This is going to be used, in my opinion. I think one of the things to remember is flu season approaches is people have got to get vaccinated, Uh, whether it's getting the flu vaccine or getting up to date in your COVID shots. Uh, There are actually uh, new formulations out now that are are up to date to cover both Omicron and the original uh, strain. So what does one have to do with the other? Why, why? So basically he's saying you have a choice. Go get a flu vaccine or go get this one. Okay, well, what? So why does that protect me from the flu? Apparently, because their studies say it protects you from all cause mortality everywhere around the world. Right. It, 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 ridiculous. I think this is concerning because it would seem to suggest that they as long as you get something, we're OK with that. So what does that mean? Does that mean that, does, that there's more going on behind these things than we realize? And all, as long as you get one of them, that they're in line with what they're planning? I don't know. But it seems like a strange thing to say, doesn't it? Of, of COVID, uh, and we encourage everyone to get those vaccinations, uh, to keep pressure off of our hospitals, of our... Despite the fact that it's literally doing the opposite, but they don't care about that. It's not about pressure. The lie about the NHS and save the NHS or in the U.S. and say, we're overwhelmed and the whole... That's been something they do every single year during flu. So apparently they're overwhelmed last during flu, but then, you know, COVID happened. It's, it's just, it's, it is a propaganda tactic. And that's why we saw these hospitals get built that didn't get used or the dancing nurses or everything else they're using to manipulate us. Now, I'm not saying that some cases there wasn't, but remember, they also shut down other parts of the hospital and acted like when they had 13 beds in the ICU taken that the hospital was overwhelmed. Couldn't they have just adapted the rest of the hospital to use more beds? Yeah, they really could have. But no, no, it's about creating the illusion that they're overwhelmed. And plenty of doctors spoke out about this. Frontline heroes who are working so hard uh, to keep people safe, of our hospitals, of our frontline heroes who are working so hard uh, to keep people safe. Except the ones that don't do what you're told and then they become bad guys, right? So you're only a hero insofar as you do what you're told, right? To me, that's the opposite of a hero, just to be clear. But also keep pressures off of our economy and communities. If we're able to get a high enough level of vaccination, we reduce uh, the danger of needing to take other health measures to make sure that we're all safe and not overloading our hospitals. Aha. And there's the crux of the issue. Is it not? Because yeah, it's your fault, right? The economy's broken because you didn't do what you're told. We didn't want to lock down and destroy the economy. You made us do that, right? So hopefully we won't have to hurt the economy. Basically he's saying by taking your vaccine for flu that you're helping the economy. That's the same broken reality of saying that, well, gasoline and nukes are green because we use them to fight for freedom. These people are childishly ridiculous. The the idea that you're taking injections will help the economy is, in fact, the exact opposite, because what you end up doing is draining the system by doing all sorts of other having all sorts of other problems. But the reality is they're not necessarily overlapped the way you can. He wants you to think that by doing that, you will help the economy because they won't have to shut it down again. I mean, he all but just said that. So realize that by not taking flu shots, that could lead to more restrictions. That's the insinuation. Uh, And I look forward to continuing to work uh, with premiers like Premier Ford on uh, delivering uh, a strong healthcare system uh, for the future. Uh Uh-huh. Now, the WHO was just speaking on the healthcare of the future for the world, and they're all pushing in the same direction. But as Wittgenstein points out, he told reporters today that a certain percentage of Canadians need to get their flu and COVID shots in order to avoid more restrictions. That's what we're talking about. Now, just so we're clear to finish up the show today, because it is I told you it was going to be a short one. Sorry for those that like the longer ones that we'll have more coming soon. That this is a discussion that's been had pre-COVID and well into COVID and up to right this moment. Well, we forced these ones. Why shouldn't we force the flu shot? Now, realize what we're talking about here 
This is not just about including it in some vaccine schedule. This is saying we should make these mandatory. Should flu vaccination be mandatory in this case for healthcare workers? Yes. Big and red and bold, right? Read it yourself. This is just on a, on a, uh, unheard thread or rather it's the article park mcdougald next stop mandatory flu vaccines a lot of people are pushing for this flu season mandatory flu shots don't stop at COVID vaccine mandates flu shots should be required too that was the beginning of the year a lot of this is happening so i'm not saying that means it's necessarily going to go somewhere but at the very least, realize that there, there are people out there that are chomping at the bit to make you do whatever they think is what they're supposed to do, whether or not it's safe, whether or not anything. If it's the quote unquote woke thing, you know, the whatever the, the, the right thing to do in their minds, then it doesn't matter about the facts. They may not think that, but these people have already decided for you and your children, this is what you should do. And if you don't, you're a bad person. And that's how all of this is being manipulated. Now, also. Remember, while that's going on, they're all and they're also including the fact that you should do both simultaneously. Because why not? Safe and effective, right? But again, same point before, that's also not true. And I'll include this tweet for you to look at. Please share these. How can the COVID jab be given at Walgreens and CVS alongside the flu? In fact, marketed, giving you discounts if you get them at the same time. How can that be possible if they don't know if it's safe? Now, this is the most obvious. It's not we don't have we have limited it is we don't know studies to determine if these two shots given together flu and covid are safe have not been performed. As well as the fact that there's no long term safety data. That was September that's been updated and the FDA page says the same. No information on the co-administration of covid jabs bivalent or otherwise with other vaccines, whether that's flu, hepatitis, doesn't matter. And yet, nonetheless, somehow they're going to do them together because we know it's safe and effective, right? As even the CDC and everybody else puts out, they can be given at the same time, says the CDC. If you don't realize why that shows you that you can question everything they've ever said, then you just don't want to see the truth. If they can say, take them together and then show you that we don't even know if that's safe, there's no, what's the argument? Do it before we all die from the flu because it's such a, it's a pandemic. Well, they can't even use the emergency threat problem. So what's the point? It's because they want you to. That's it. And they're dishonest. This is the sad reality of where we are. Now realize that this is still going forward to the next step. Cancer vaccine could be available by 2030. And it's, they're talking about an mRNA cancer injection. Weird timing for 2030, says the scientist behind the COVID shot. They are rapidly sprinting in the direction of their new future. Standing on rubble literally standing on ashes of the campaign they just rolled out and acting like we just proved this is successful. That's what's happening. Finally, just to include, don't forget, the very company that we're about, they're about to give indemnity to for approved injections for your toddler is guilty just since 2000 of over $10 billion in criminal fines for safety-related offenses. For healthcare related offenses, for off label or unapproved promotion of drugs, for False Claims Act. Look at the numbers, guys. Off label, unapproved, that's $3 billion in fines. 10 different times they've been caught for lying about that. Or 20, 20 different times for a total of $1.1 billion in fines, they've lied to you about what their drugs can do. False Claims Act. And yet here we are. Pfizer knows, just trust Pfizer. Let's not forget that they asked those companies what the efficacy is, just like with the flu shot. We are being lied to and trusting criminals to tell us what's going on. Well, that's what they want from you anyway. Mind-boggling. Now, yes, there's plenty more to come, guys, and I've got plenty more tabs lined up, but, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up there in general. So thank you for being here. Let's get this out, help people see this. What's weird, by the way, on an end note, as much as people tend to say, oh, it's too long and you can't reach people with three-hour shows. Every time I do a show like this, every time it's dramatically less engaged with. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking uh, relatively, not just because it gets less clicks because it's longer or vice versa, but relatively, it's dramatically less engaged with. So I tend to think most people like the long shows. As I've said before, almost every uh, uh, largely popular medium show 
whether we're talking about podcasts or else or, or, or long form, the Joe Rogan show, right? Or Jimmy Dore or Alex Jones or any of these people, they're long form. So it's interesting to see that people can take, it's too long, right? It's too long. It's just funny to me, but I'll do what I think is right. And that's usually long for me because that's just too much to get out. But today I have to end it here. So thank you all for being here. I love you all. And stand up and do something about this, please. Get this in front of people because this is terrifying, especially because of who it's aimed at, in particular the children. But it is indemnity for for them, for anybody that gets these shots. But the children, the the six-month-old babies, I mean, it's just the, the line for us. We have to stand in front of this. We have to defend those that can't defend themselves. Thank you all for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything, including me. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Tonight, keeping drug companies honest, a story that's simply stunning about multi-million dollar profits and illegal activity at this country's biggest drug company. The Justice Department alleges Johnson & Johnson boosted sales by paying millions of dollars in kickbacks to pharmacists and doctors who pushed the drug Risperdal to patients who did not need it. The medical editors of that journal accused the drug company Merck of misleading them about the dangers of Vioxx, of hiding the fact that it caused even more heart attacks than previously known. Johnson & Johnson paid $2.2 billion. Eli Lilly paid $1.4 billion. Pfizer and its subsidiary paid $2.3 billion. And GlaxoSmithKline paid out a record $3 billion. For seven years, Glaxo failed to report data showing its best-selling diabetes drug. Avandia increased the risk of heart attack by as much as 40%. Opioid epidemic has killed more than 400,000 Americans. Tonight, Purdue agreeing to pay more than $8 billion in penalties. Antidepressant Paxil wasn't approved for use by patients under 18. The company illegally marketed the drug for use by children, even when a clinical trial found teenagers who took the drug for depression were more likely to commit suicide than those taking a placebo. Purdue Pharma pleading guilty to felony charges of defrauding federal health agencies and violating federal kickback laws for inducing doctors to prescribe those powerful opioids. Glaxo also hired a company to write a medical journal article downplaying the risks. The firm used PR firms and paid several doctors, including the U.S. celebrity doctor, Drew Pinsky, to promote the drug. If you can't trust medical research that gets published in very established journals, what can you trust? But as Bob Orr reports, the massive settlement may not lead to much change. Is fraud the business model of the pharmaceutical industry? No one's going to jail. No one's going to prison. And worse yet, they've set up a situation where Purdue's going to be able to continue on. You look at this thing, and I mean, if Pfizer is too big to fail, and even the biggest fine in history is just a few months profit, then what's going to stop it from illegally promoting other drugs? Critics say Anderson nothing.